Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. Don't forget, real quick, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Today's podcast is presented to you by Superbook Sports, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, and of course, Blake Street Tavern. A lot of great headlines to get to today, including some that are just going to add to your nightmare list. Your, your nightmare fuel is just going to get a little bit of a refill. And I'm sorry. But we have to talk about it. We do. Uh, I do want to talk about this real quick before we do get into the headlines. It is that time of year again, and it, it's one of those things that opens our eyes. We, we need to lend a helping hand when we can do it. So go ahead and donate some toys to those that need them. Icelandic and Veritas Fine Cannabis, they're both helping out the, the Kenzie's Causes organization. It's a nonprofit organization that supports underprivileged children and their families throughout the state of Colorado by providing them with the tools and resources needed to truly thrive and live an overall more well-rounded life. It's really cool that they're doing this. They're going to be accepting donations at the Icelandic Golden Headquarters, the headquarters in Golden. So check them out. The address is 1300 Washington Avenue in Golden. They're taking donations until December 1st of this year, 2022. So go check it out. Again, Kenzie's Causes. If you want, just Google Kenzie's Causes and see what they're all about. But again, Veritas, Fine Cannabis, and Icelandic, they're they're doing their best to help out this cause. So see if you can lend a helping hand as well. You know what? Let's get into some headlines. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. A man was in the hospital with problems with his chest, his liver, his abdomen, and his digestive system. Jeez, God, he was all jacked up. How did it happen? Well, he had three parasites that was causing the problems. Well, well, wait a minute. How did he get the parasites? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) He was walking along a river with his daughter and somehow they stumbled upon a crab or at least his daughter's feet did the crab pinched it i guess it's not like a big shocker when it whenever you're on like a shoreline i kicked the crab once scared the shit out of me (laughs) you would have thought that it was a great white shark tickling my feet by the way i reacted i was in hawaii i was like trying to be cool with my kids and my and my nieces and nephews. And all of a sudden, a crab's on my foot, and I look down, and I'm like, ah! ah go! Oh, oh, oh. They're like, whoa, what is it, Dad? I'm like, it's a fucking crab! <laughs> it looked at me, too. It was really cool looking. <laughs> anyway, I don't go back in the water now. Just kidding, just kidding. I did, I did freak out. Maybe not that bad, but I freaked out more than I, I should have, and I'm quite shameful of my reaction anyway this guy's walking around with his daughter a crab pinched his daughter so to try to be a cool dad and and to seek revenge for his daughter dumbass sticks the crab in his mouth and proceeds to eat it so he ate a raw crab and then got horribly sick from it because he was trying to be a cool dad well, then he goes to the hospital and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? He's like, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I did because he ended up getting sick like a couple of months later. And finally, the, the, the wife, she's like, 
he ate like some raw crab like a month ago. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. And they do blood work. And sure enough, he has three parasites in there. And now he's fine. But it's just like, here's an idea. Don't just grab something that's alive and stick it in your mouth and then try to eat it just to say, try to prove that you're a cool guy. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Don't just stick random things in your mouth. Okay, guys? Don't. Not a good idea. This guy stuck a random thing, essentially random thing in his mouth, and he got horribly sick from it. What a fucking idiot. What a dumb way to die. Again, another dumb way to die. How'd he die? Well, he ate a crab. What? Okay, well, that's weird. Why'd he eat the crab? Well, it, it was a raw crab, and he was seeking vengeance for uh, uh, it pinching his daughter. <laughs> Would he go all Batman on it? Who are you? I'm vengeance. <laughs> what a dumbass. That being said, I respect the fact that he was trying to, uh, I'm sure his daughter was crying and was upset, and he was trying to you know, calm her down and whatever. I appreciate that aspect of it. But, dude, come on. Don't put shit like that in your mouth. Big shocker, you got parasites. Not just one, but you got three. My God. Hey, speaking of dumb, Kanye West fans created multiple GoFundMe pages to try and restore Kanye West's uh, status of being a billionaire. They eventually were pulled down due to violations and not meeting the the donation expectations within a certain amount of time. But it's still troubling that people are that dumb to shell out money to try to help somebody that is already wealthy. That makes no sense to me. It just tells you how dumb people are. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're dumb. That's fine. That being said, if I start up a GoFundMe page and you want to make me, we'll just, we won't say billionaire. God, that's crazy. Just make me a millionaire. That's fine. I'll Somebody set up a GoFundMe page for Scott DeHuff and keeping the DeHuff Uncensored podcast going. Some Something like that. Start the, you know, the number low. <laughs> like, you know, $30,000. That's fine. I That's still a lot. But like you start that up. And then, you know, if we hit the goal, I get the money. And then, hey, I'm happy. Seriously, do it. Do it. Somebody out there, do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, now, <laughs> speaking of other people doing GoFundMes, so instead of people trying to do more con helping Kanye West, a lot of people are using his name and going, hey, don't make Kanye West a billionaire again make me rich and that's what their their tagline is essentially on gofundmes so there's a bunch of people out there doing gofundme pages essentially mocking kanye west and i, I saw a couple of them and they had like maybe 40 dollars. and that's it's funny that's okay if you if you're if you set a good goal for it and you can cash out on it that's cool again somebody set up a GoFundMe page for the DeHuff Uncensored podcast, and this will be great. We'll keep going for years. Years. <laughs> uh, nightmare Fuel, that's coming up next, so be prepared. But first, root for safeties this season with your friends over at Superbook Sports. 
If you bet with the Superbook football, uh, if you bet with Superbook this football season, they're going to give you a $50 bonus if a safety is scored on a Sunday. So no matter what it is, uh, a punter running out of the end zone or a sack in the end zone, whatever it is, root for chaos and win money with Superbook this fall. So download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start rooting for two with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. Just like that, football season is here. Don't fight traffic and pay 40 bucks to park in the stadium. Get in gear, you tree hunter! We have every game, every weekend on our 70 big screens. It's the Blake Street Tavern. Denver watches football. All right, nightmare fuel. Ready? Three, two, one. You're welcome. Around 30 people took part in the Taronga Zoo in Sydney, Australia, Roar and Snore Sleepover Program. I believe I have been to this zoo. I think. I went to like one zoo when I was lucky enough to visit Australia, and I want to say it's that one, but I have no verification of it. But anyway, so people are doing this Roar and Snore. It's a sleepover program. A lot of zoos do it. I know the Denver Zoo does it. My son's friend has done it before, and he loved it. It's really cool. Well, anyway, there's around 30 people taking part in this. And then all of a sudden, at 6.30 in the morning, the guests were all sleeping, and they get woke up by the sound of zookeepers screaming, Code 1, emergency, meaning an incident involving a wild animal had occurred. Like, what was it? Five lions escaped the, their enclosure, leading to zookeepers telling them to get out of their tents and run. <laughs> that's that's not how I want to wake up in any scenario. If I'm at home, if somebody says, get up, run, not a good day. They started like shit. Basically, you can say that. If you're at a zoo surrounded by wild animals that, oh, I don't know, can rip your head off. Yeah, not how I want to wake up. The Taronga Zoo later issued a statement which they said confirmed it was less than 10 minutes between the lions exiting the main exhibit and the emergency response being enacted. So there was roughly 10 minutes where these lions were on the loose and there's people sleeping out and about and can get their faces not on. <laughs> Imagine waking up to that. Oh, somebody's tickling my feet. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Something bit me. Oh, it's a fucking lion. How cute. It's adorable, though. <laughs> That's horrible. That's so scary. Yeah, especially because you think about it. There's going to be a lot of little kids in that. Man, I'd, I'd be fucked up the rest of my life. I'd always have a cool story to tell. Be like, I was there around Taronga Zoo. <sighs> 2022. It's when they all escaped. I was there. One of them looked me right in the eye. <laughs> anyway, so what happened is like when they're getting evacuated from that area, while they can hunt down the, the lions, they had to shove the guests, the zoo employees did, shoved them into this like big bathroom area, which is annoying, but at least you could go to the bathroom. And then now since then, the lions have been captured and placed back into their enclosures. But what a fucking nightmare. That would scare the living shit out of me. 
And I always wonder about that when I go to a zoo. And I think we've talked about this before. You look at some of the, because I know based on watching that movie with Matt Damon, <laughs> it wasn't Matt Damon. Yeah. We bought a zoo or something like that, that there's, there's certain lengths that things have to be from where, where the animals are to the barriers and all this stuff. And I, I'm curious, sometimes I'm curious of like, this doesn't seem right. This seems like that if a leopard wanted to, it could really get out. And, and I, Ooh, God, I think, I wonder if this Taronga zoo is the one where we went to and basically you're right next to the kangaroo. And that was a wild experience. That was crazy. And the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo down in Colorado Springs, you can feed the giraffes and stuff like that, which is really cool. That happens all the time. But they do have like gray kangaroos and wallabies around, and they're just wandering around. You just don't touch them. Which, uh, uh, people are dumb. So somebody's going to get kicked in the nuts by a fucking uh, kangaroo down in the springs. But it, it, it does freak me out because I, I have a feeling that... There, Animals, well, the, I, it's not really a feeling. It's it's honest observation. Animals are smart. They're going to figure out how to get out. Obviously, they're investigating to figure out how these five lions escaped. But I can totally see that happening at any zoo because of some sort of negligence. Somebody looks something over and, and doesn't take into consideration the athleticism of an animal. I'm sure there's procedures that they go through. But this is me being a paranoid freak. I imagine that there's there's points where cheetahs and, and whatever else can escape. It's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And it's not gonna be nice. <laughs> it's not gonna be nice. But that being said, if I'm face to face with a cheetah, I'm protect protecting my family, and I will freaking throw down with a cheetah. If I have to, if a, a zoo animal escapes. I'm going to go face to face with it in order to protect my family. And the thing that fears me the most is if it was a gorilla. Oh my God, that thing could rip my arms off and just start beating my head with it. But I will do that for my family, okay? <laughs> I'd be so mad. Hey, you ripped off my arms, you big jerk. Anyway, Doc, this is this is crazy. A lot of scientists are saying that, yeah, eventually we're going to get contacted by an alien life form, something from beyond Earth. But the problem is, is we're not really ready for it. We a lot. This this is fascinating. This is coming out because I have done episodes on this where we think we're ready for this, but we're not. And now people like. Dr. John Elliott, Honorary Research Fellow in the School of Computer Science at St. Andrews and coordinator of the Hub, said, Will we ever get a message from ET? We don't know. We also don't know when it's going to happen. But we do know that we cannot afford to be ill-prepared, scientifically, socially, and politically uh, rudderness. Basically, for an event that could turn into reality as early as tomorrow in which we cannot afford to mismanage. He's absolutely right. We think we, we could handle it, but you're assuming that, that it's going to be easy to communicate. We're just talking about the zoo. There's a lot of animals that exist on this planet, and we cannot communicate fully with them. We think we have an idea of what 
you know, they, they're talking about or, or, you know, trying to communicate with other, uh, uh, beings of their same species, whatever, but we don't know. You're assuming that an alien comes down and they're smart enough to figure out how to communicate with us. That's what we're really putting our chips on is that be like, well, hopefully they'll have some sort of technology where they can just put it on uh, one of our heads and then it'll learn, it'll learn from that person and then be able to speak. You just gotta hope that this doesn't happen in the deep South of the United States. <laughs> Cause like, they're like, Hey, put that on there and connect it to Carl. Carl, by the way, uh, in this situation is an extraterrestrial and then be like, Okay, Carl, uh, go ahead and hit the on button. You're going to transfer all the the knowledge from Todd here, the the hillbilly from <laughs> Arkansas, and be like, okay, all right, Carl, you ready to address the people of the Earth? Absolutely. Hey, everybody, my name's Carl. <laughs> And I got big balls. Holy shit, man. I tell you what, things are crazy out there in space, you know. Man, my nuts are itchy. I must be allergic to something. <laughs> like, whoa, fuck, Carl. First of all, Carl, you sound like a character just down the road in Colorado called uh, uh, Cowboy to Huff. How about that? But, yeah, you know, that's the thing is we're we're hoping that they're the more intelligent species on this because what are the chances that they're going to speak a language that is similar to anything here in the in the world not just the united states but just like the fucking world is it something that's similar to japanese uh you know mandarin or english or whatever spanish who knows most likely not guys <laughs> it's most likely not going to be what if this happens tomorrow and all of a sudden we're confronted with this and we're like, how are we going to communicate? This is what uh, uh, Dr. Elliot continued on. We need to coordinate our expert knowledge, not only for assessing the evidence, but also considering the human social response as our understanding progresses and what we know and we what we don't know is communicated. And the time to do this is now. Dr. Alexander Redding, professor of music at Harvard University, said humans had still not learned how to translate animal communication. Whales are a really good study, and they are in some ways the closest thing that we have to aliens here on Earth. Whales are highly intelligent, and their environment is entirely different from ours. The patterns that we hear are purely patterns that we recognize as music repeated patterns. It is a form of vocalizing, but we don't really know what it's for. Is it music? Is it a language? What does it mean? It can give us a sense of how difficult the task is is at hand so yeah you sit there and you think about whales we've been studying them for years and we still don't really fucking know william burecki former nasa space scientist said when i look at how hollywood portrays contact one of the things that i think is unreal is that people that can readily communicate and have similar ambitions similar responses but when I think about intelligent life 
and the variety of it on Earth, we've got dogs, we've got apes, we've got octopi that have their intelligence in their arms, not in the head. We can't talk to most of the creatures on Earth in an intelligent way. How are we going to talk to intelligent civilizations? I'm not sure we'll ever be able to. It is crazy to think about in, in, in whether you believe in aliens or not, to roll around the idea is still fascinating to think about. Because I get it. Maybe you don't believe in aliens. That's fine. I'm still kind of on the fence on it, but the idea that there's so much, there's so many stories out there, you got to think that there's at least some of those stories that are legit. I had my neighbor Rob on here for the 200th episode, and he was talking about how when he was a kid, he witnessed him and his dad and, and his mom witnessed that spacecraft by their house in, uh, in Chicago. So there's a lot of stories like that. And it's not like he goes around, you know, gossiping about that. That's just like something that, you know, he it's a story. He witnessed it. So I, I just feel like if the idea is great. But if we're actually confronted with, hey, they're making uh, an attempt to communicate with us, it's most likely not going to be an easy thing. Unless on their end, because we're just hoping that they're a little bit more intelligent than us, that they either have uh, technology that can help the communication process, like a Rosetta Stone type of situation, or somehow we luck out and they speak, you know, you know, English, <laughs> which I really fucking doubt. It would be nice. It would be nice. But that's not going to happen. It Most likely, they're going to be speaking a language that we don't understand. They either have a technology that can, that can help the situation out and to bridge that gap of, of communication. Or, dude, it's going to be a very crazy time because what happens if you can't communicate with somebody? You get frustrated. And assuming that they have the same emotions, at least similar emotions to us, again, we don't know, but even animals get frustrated. So it, if they get frustrated because they can't communicate and we do something that is potentially threatening to them, or at least that's the way it seems, then next thing you know, we're, we're going into the situation of like, how do we defend ourselves against this? It's a bizarre scenario, and we all kind of should be rolling around that idea in our head, just even for fun a little bit, just sit there by yourself and go, what would happen? How would this play out? You wake up, you turn on the news, and there's a, a, a okay, there's spacecraft everywhere, every city in, in the world. There are spacecraft there, and they're coming out, and they're trying to interact with us. So obviously what's going to happen, this is the real world. You're going to have a lot of people on this planet that are, that are going to be hostile, and they're going to attack those people. So once that happens, guess what? I'm sure it's going to be a big clusterfuck of madness. So I, that should be a study. It's the cluster, the cluster fuck of madness 
is a new study done by the DeHuff Uncensored podcast. It's implying that once aliens come down and actually present themselves to earthlings, to human beings, in, in an attempt to communicate and to, and to attempt to make some sort of connection with us, that we, in fact, as a human species, will fuck it up because somebody's going to get offended or freak out and then start shooting at them. That's what's going to happen, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I just, I've just got a, some guy, you like, <laughs> he's, he swears that he was abducted and anally probed, charging at the spacecraft. <laughs> you violated my butthole! <laughs> uh-uh. you're welcome uh that's an interesting thing to think about i do think that 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 is something that uh we should all kind of roll around in our brain it's the same thing like if you think about if you officially found out like without a doubt that ghosts were real or you found out without a doubt that I was just talking to somebody the other day because it was in regards to what my son experienced, finding out the truth about Santa. But they're like, you talk to somebody in Ireland, tell me that they don't believe in like leprechauns and stuff like that because I guess a good amount of them do. But could you imagine if we as a whole figured out officially, they're like, yeah, it's true. And there's no more denying it. Could you imagine how much that would flip society on its on its head? Be like, whoa, wait, what? No, wait, ghosts are real, leprechauns are real, aliens are real. They're over there mating with uh, you know, <laughs> whoever else. You know, like that's right. I'd bang a, I'd bang an alien. Yes, that's right. I'd also bang a leprechaun. And who's to say I haven't? <laughs> Speaking of that, how's your mother? Like, were you saying my mom's a leprechaun? Anyway, okay. whatever, Connery. So, yeah, it, it is interesting when you think about that, that I feel like with scientists starting to get more on board with this, you got governments going, yeah, there's, there's some shit out there we don't fucking know. And like I said, you got guys, the formerly of, of, of NASA and all this stuff that I'm just talking to you about. It, it's like they're all going, yeah, there's a good chance this is going to happen. But we're really not ready for this. We're not. <laughs> Again, we think we are. We're not. Could you imagine being the alien walking down? Here's a scenario. Alien spacecraft lands in uh, we'll just say West Virginia, <laughs> okay? It's a real sticks of West Virginia. Lands, gets out, and he's surrounded by like a village of uh, hillbillies. And he gets out and he's like, mm, this looks like a bunch of intelligent earthlings. <laughs> they're like, hey, where are you from? <laughs> mm, let's turn around. That's stupid. But it's just dumb. I ugh, We would totally fuck it up. Totally fuck it up. What did I call this again? Oh, Jesus. I should have wrote it down. Shit's gonna, I'll write it in, in the caption on, on this description of the podcast so I remember what it is. And we can document it. And it could be, this is the origin of, of this theory. 
that we will fuck it up no matter what. We will. Aliens come to exist, we will fuck it up. Very quickly. Very quickly. There will be protests in the streets. Even if, even if they're in an isolated area, it's going to be chaos in the streets everywhere. You're going to have people that want to meet them and want to have babies with them. And then you're also going to have the people that are freaked out about them and want to kill them. And then there's going to be a group of people like the scientists that be like, we want to learn from them. You know, so essentially, so we can better ourselves and correct what we've done to this planet and see if they can help us. Right. But it's the people that that want to kill them and then are that fear change. That's what's crazy. It's the same thing with the leprechauns thing. If, if you found out that they officially were real, without a doubt, 100 percent, then people are going to start hunting them. It, it's it's because that's how stupid we are as a society as a whole, not you, the other people. You're smart. You would handle it correctly. It's the other guy. It's the other guy that's what you have to worry about. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, just a reminder, I told you at the beginning, but go ahead and check them out. Lend a hand, donate some toys to, to those that need them. Icelandic and Veritas Fine Cannabis, they're helping out the Kenzie's Causes, nonprofit organization that supports underprivileged children and their families throughout the state of Colorado. They provide them with the tools and resources needed to truly thrive and live an overall more well-rounded life. They're going to be accepting donations. It's a toy drive at their Golden, Colorado headquarters. It's the Icelandic headquarters in Golden. 1300 Washington Avenue in, in Golden. They're taking donations until December 1st of this year, 2022. Thank you guys so much for listening. I truly, truly appreciate it. If you ever want to reach out to me, hit me up on my social channels, but really start checking out my TikTok channel at the Huff Uncensored Podcast. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Check Search the Huff Uncensored. It'll pop up. And uh, follow me on that. I'm going to start doing a little bit more crazy stuff on there versus the other stuff. But you can also find me on the other places as well, all the other social channels. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Share it with your friends. If you can, please give it a nice review. Thanks to Superbook Sports Colorado, Blake Street Tavern, Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster. It's the Huff on Censored. I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great day. Hopefully you smiled today. And watch out for them aliens. They'll get you. They'll get you. I swear to God, they will. Oh, my God. He's going to touch my bottom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, it's the Huff Uncensored. You're welcome. I'll talk to you next time.